Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Hello Achievers, welcome to the Next Level Author Podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author business. My name's Sasha Black and here with me every week is... Daniel Wilcox. Hello. Oh yes. Yes. We are back in the rhythm of doing a weekly podcast. So I, I now mm-hmm. feel like I saw you last week, which obviously I did, but <laughs> you know, it yeah. doesn't feel like it's been forever since I saw you. Does it count as a rhythm if it's two weeks? Mm. I'm just wondering like how, how far you need to get the drum roll going before it, it counts as a drum roll. Because well, is it like, is that a drum roll? Or is no, it like, Yeah, no. Just questioning the premise. Can you hear my Something cat Something's squeaking and it's yeah, adorable. That, that is my cat. I'm really sorry. Okay, so <laughs> for everybody listening, um, we got a cat yesterday, a kitten, no less. And um, yeah, she she is mewling in, in the background. So if you hear some cat noises, I'm sorry, we got a kitten. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure people are going to hate the fact that there's a kitten being yeah, cute I, in the background. I know, right. <laughs> Um, housekeeping. So, tell me how your launch went because you had a launch yesterday. Wait, was it yeah. yesterday? Yeah, it, it was, was yesterday. Yeah. yeah, I know the days are all blurring into one. Yeah, no, it went. Uh, it went pretty much to my to my expectations. I think it's it's one of these books that, like I say, it's it's a niche subject. So people who are searching for how to do collaboration things, uh, I'm hoping will find it, and I'm putting in the wheels to make people find it. Um, it's 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 done okay. Um, I've had really really good feedback from people who have read it. And that's pretty much all I want at this point. And it's enough for me to, you know, qualify me wanting to go on and write the next nonfiction project, which will be a bit more wider in scope and hopefully be able to be a bit more applicable to a wider reader base. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm, I'm really proud of, um, I mean, what, what I tried to focus on with this one was just basically expunging a bunch of info that I had stored up in me and just making a nice book and also playing around a little bit with Ingram. I've not, I've not used Ingram before. Um, and I managed to use them for the paperback and the hardback. Again, never produce a hardback. So a lot of this was kind of playing around with some stuff, putting some stuff that I knew out there. Um, and it was just considering that when we when did we first start talking about this, like March, I think, like I think it was probably beginning of March. I said that I might write nonfiction. It wasn't it wasn't on my calendar of things to produce this year. So all things considered, I'm, I'm really happy with how it went. Yeah. And I think the important thing is that, you know, no career is made off of one book. So I hope for for you that this is the start (laughs) of a very large back catalogue of nonfiction books for you. Hmm. That'd be so Um, funny if you go into next level authors and you tell one of us that and we just go, huh? (laughs) What? (laughs) How about yourself? How's, How's your week been? It's still so much of a blur. Um, I think I'm just going to feel discombobulated until we have carpets in and all our belongings are in and we're not sleeping on mattresses on the floor and we're getting proper sleep. So I have slept really badly this week and um, I'm trying 
very hard not to be grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is but hard when you're tired. Is, is some of it, it because is. of the heat, do you think? Or? Yes, very much so. Like, I have been waking up with sweat dripping, dripping off my body. Um, <laughs> and the previous owners of this house had air conditioning. And I ah. kind of see why. Um, we are going to have some fans installed um, in the bedroom and the living room. We, well, we have one working one in the living room, but it's ugly and huge. Um, so yeah, we're just, but th these things haven't been done. Anyway, lack of sleep is really, really bad for me. It's really bad for everybody, but I take it really quite badly these days and um yeah so i yeah i i it's it's knocked me for six this week and also this was like my first proper week back in the driving seat and mm -hmm. so i i don't know like uh, i did a lot of work but also i still have atlas around and that's mm -hmm. really hard and then my mum took in for a couple of days, which was fantastic. And I could not believe quite how much work I got done in those two days. And that came, that was very bittersweet because it was fantastic that I got all that work done. But then it was also super frustrating because I was like, this is how much work I could be getting done. And I, I, I like to achieve, I like to get things done. I like to work. I love my job, I like to work. Obviously, I like spending time with my son too, but I think we're all worked up to the point where we've all had too much time with each other and everybody needs their routine back. My son needs his routine back. He, my son yeah. needs to go to school. Um, so yeah, like it, it's, it's been an odd week. And, and then mm. obviously we added a new member to our family. So yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah no, I do, I do think not. it's important to, and you know, we mentioned this earlier this week in, in private messages that, it's 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 bad enough going through all of this and trying to keep a routine and looking after a child, but you've you've obviously moved house as well. And I, I remember when um, I had Joanna Penn on the show on, on Great Writers Share, um, we were talking a lot Name about. Drop. Well, you know, <laughs> no, she, know. she's, know, a, she's yeah. a very smart woman, um, but she was mentioning about how she's got different places where she makes sure that she gets things done. So she'll do her fiction in one place and non-fiction in another place. And you've essentially presented yourself with this blank canvas of, of suddenly this house that you're not used to working in, and there is no association between your brain and the work and where you're doing it and what times and stuff so that's always going to be a challenge to try and build that particular time when things are as turbulent as they are yeah and I can't is basically the answer and and that's not really helping me because I really like routine um but until he goes back to school in September I am still going to be in some kind of limbo because I never know what day my mum will have him or if she can't have him and if she can't have him I need to do something with him or entertain him and realistically on the days that she doesn't have him I might get two hours to work and I have to put eight hours of work into, into two hours um, yeah. and you just you can't <laughs> you can't so what we could do is I can get on the road I can come down I'll stay with you for a few days and then we'll just alternate <laughs> hours and we'll just yeah, taxi amazing taxi. I don't mind playing Mario Kart <laughs> yeah or just bring Bailey and then they can entertain themselves <laughs> that's another way around it yep <laughs> that is actually a really good idea there we go <laughs> um okay right anyway so um once again I am ill prepared <laughs> and we have to have a shout out of the week so what have you been enjoying this week I watched the Kevin Hart documentary, which I didn't know existed. So oh. I, I don't know how much you know about all of his controversy. Is he married to Pink? No. 
Oh, I swear she's no. married to somebody called Kevin Hart. I'm going to Google that while you talk. Maybe, maybe they're true Kevin Hart. Um, but basically, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Kevin Hart because he's, he's one of these people that he pushes, he does stuff, he makes stuff happen, but he's not without his flaws. And there have been a couple of situations over the past few years where things have come out that have obviously been quite negative against him. Um, some accusations of uh, homophobia that have then basically made him pull out of hosting the Oscars and a whole debacle around that. Um, stuff about him you know being unfaithful to his wife and, and different pieces so he's not he's not like the most crystal clean person but his, his work work ethic is insane but within this documentary there's about i think it's six episodes in which it kind of shows the full behind the scenes of what happened in a lot of those situations how he handled it and i think that you know despite the fact that he's he's done a lot of stuff that people would say you know just write him off he's, he's a terrible person there's an ad, there's an admirable side of it. If you if you stop and listen, you can see a man who's constantly trying to improve and get better. And uh -huh. I just I, I like those journeys of people who can come out of the other side of things where if even if it's self inflicted damage and they they manage to at least better themselves from it and make the other people around better because of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's well worth a watch. It's six episodes, about twenty five minutes each. So really awkward. You can learn something new about me. I am terrible with names and. <laughs> Kevin Hart is most definitely not married to Pink. No. <laughs> However, Pink's husband is called Carrie Hart. So, um, you know, they do have the same surname. And Carrie, Kevin, it's not that far apart. Don't, However, don't justify it, you were wrong. Young was 100% wrong. <laughs> um, also, they look completely different. And I now know exactly who Kevin Hart is. He's, he's yes. the American actor, funny guy, um, hilarious yeah. movie. He, he's brilliant, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, but yeah, wow, got that one. <laughs> really wrong. Yeah. But um, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's why that's I've been watching. Okay, cool. So I have um, not one that I've been watching, but I am going to show you. So I will describe it for people who are um on on uh listening instead so i absolutely love uh clever fox journals mm -hmm. um i am coming to the end of this clever fox journal so this one was a quarterly journal so it only lasts three months and it really helped me get more productive unfortunately to have them shipped in to the uk now is super expensive so it makes each journal 45 pounds and damn yeah i just can't i'm just i don't want to justify that it feels ridiculous to me yeah so i'm not going to justify it so instead i'm going to go back to bullet journaling which is what i did before but i am um basically going to copyright and fringe clever fox by um <laughs> making my own custom version that's a in... nice that's a nice it is and i'm going to turn the light on so you can see the color so, it's, it's purple it is so purple <laughs> and um for those that don't know my real name um i my real name i'm named after a moth and this purple journal which is in my purple shade of purple also has a silver moth on it so that's why i got this one so yeah and um the thing that i am recommending uh the website that i got this um archer and olive journal from is called misopaper.com m-i-s-o paper.com and oh, archer and I thought olive, was like, yeah no archer and olive are also super expensive to import um again coming in at, at like 45 pounds um yeah but miso paper has huge stock of it and my friend's husband found the website so all credit goes to duncan thank you very much for telling me about that um and so how much was that 25 quid okay that's decent yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I don't mind spending 25 quid on a journal because I use them daily. So, mm. you know, so yeah, that was my thing that I like. Love it. So weekly confessional, darling. So I, my, my two from last week were, I'm going to launch my collaboration for Authors Book. So that was checked off. And then also committed to writing at least half of the, the second episode of When Winter Comes. Um, Who not which, started it? Uh, I think I was 2,000 words in. Um, and oh. each episode is basically 20,000 words. And I, I finished it. So much right so. Now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much right now. I mean, I don't. Obviously, I love you. But also, fuck you. <laughs> mm, I'm sorry. But the thing is, out. like... It's one of those that I, I was chipping away at it and I've got other work that I basically chipping put to away, the side. Casual 18,000 words in a week. Yes, mate. Chipping away. That's it. You chip that, away. Well, that bad boy. <laughs> 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 no, I, I put aside like work, some work that I should have been doing just because I got on the roll with it and I was just like, I'm really, really enjoying the story. Um, and I've, I, I started a few things in motion because I basically, the, the launch date is now uh, Wednesday the 1st, which obviously is the day after this will air. So any horror fans, feel free to, to pick up episode one of When Winter Comes. Um, if you're not a horror fan, please don't, because you screw up my algorithms. Um, and uh, <laughs> and so episode two, I've planned to release on the 15th, which obviously means that I have to start getting edited, start getting it proofread, all that kind of good stuff, uh, in basically onto number three, which will launch at the end of next month, because um, I just want to smash them out. And yeah, so that's, that's, that's all going. It's all happening. And I'm, I'm excited for it. I've, I've, I've built... Uh, I built my arc group up basically from scratch because the last time I actually used an arc group was a couple of years ago with another book um, because everything else since then has been sort of with other people for different things. So I started all that from scratch, but it feels good doing it from that clean slate and actually seeing it build up again. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, I will be doing something very similar when I eventually get to writing fiction again. Um, so technical question, where do we actually keep our um, tasks that we're meant to do each week? Because I fucking lose them every single week and I come to it and I'm like, oh, what did I say again? So they're in the show notes of every episode that we produce. Which, right, okay, cool. So I'll <laughs> so just the, casually... Are you trying to remember what yours are? Yours yeah. were... Uh, Sasha you will finish her... You are such a dick! You wrote Sasha will... You are such a Sasha lot. will finish her non-fiction Right, okay. <laughs> no, no. I can't believe you wrote that. You are not allowed to write the task ever. Okay, so for clarification for people listening, I actually went back and re-listened. Used my mind. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay, right. So we had a domestic this week, our first domestic <laughs> in public uh, with, yeah. a, with another one of our friends in a Facebook Messenger group over what our um, tasks were. But I did go back and re-listen <laughs> to the episode just to make it was, sure. It I was, was so. Right. It was literally like him messaging, going, "How's it going this week, guys?" And then just literally exploding into, "No, you said this. It was this. Oh no, forfeit time." <laughs> and then literally being like, "Sorry, we'll, we'll take this to a private conversation." <laughs> As we then had a had a domestic over, <laughs> we were just like, what? <laughs> um, anyway, right. So I went back and listened to the episode, and what I actually said was. I will have done a significant portion um, or a significant, I can't remember the exact word, a, a, basically a significant The exact word was, I will finish or no. have done a significant portion. Yes, or a significant portion, right. Or, so you basically just gave yourself a scapegoat. 
<laughs> I think I knew that I have my son all the time at the week mm-hmm. and that I might not be able to get it actually done. Just need to be um, careful what you promise because I swore it's a meme. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm going to be really fucking careful this week. Um, yes, yeah, so I have done a significant portion. I have hit 7,000 words, so I am completely fine with that because I've got until Tuesday to finish editing and finish the last 3K, so I will... I will do that. That is not an issue. Um, might need to work really late, but I will do it. <laughs> so that's fine. Um, right. Moving. Fine, you're fine. I just, I just like seeing you sweat. <laughs> so evil. <laughs> uh, one day you will get me and I will, I will no. get sweet, sweet motherfucking revenge when you do. <laughs> Bring it. Bring it. Um, okay, do we, okay, so personal update, I think we've kind of done, we need to delete one of those, we need to delete housekeeping so we don't get confused. Um, So do we do comments now? Should we do comments now? Yeah, let's do some comments now. Okay, go on then, over to you. So last week's question was, uh, which three, well name three authors who are currently living the life that you want to live, Um, and we had a slew of comments, so I'll just breeze through these as best I can. Uh, We two. Yes, Ritu says Amanda Prouse, Kay Bratt, and Kylie Dunbar, um, who are all names that I'm unfamiliar with. But feel free you don't to know who in. Amanda Prouse is? She's uh, like, name rings a bell. Yeah, she's a big author. She's like okay. in all the supermarkets and stuff. Yep. Uh, Maddie Williams says she has four because she's a rebel. Uh, Sasha Black, <laughs> Dan Wilcox, and Jenna Moretti, which is three. I'm joking. Um, and then she added Stephen King as well because who the hell wouldn't want to collaborate with Stephen King? Um, Me? Meg jo- I, w- I don't think I'd want to. No. Oh, come on. You learn really? so much. Yeah. Dude. Uh, <laughs> uh, Meg says uh, Joanna Penn, and she needs to think of two more people right now because she hasn't had coffee. And I'm guessing <laughs> she hasn't had a coffee after that comment. Uh, Edwin says Jay Thorne, Rachel Heron, and Paul Teague. Holly says Joanna Penn. Uh, she's a common factor amongst all this. Mm. Um, Denise Duffield Thomas and Meg Jolly because of her fan base and how wonderfully engaged she is. Uh, totally agree there. I'm jealous of that. Uh, Val Neal says, Andrea Pearson from Six Figure Authors, uh, Joanna Penn, and I think there was only two in that comment. Yeah, by the looks of it. Uh, Elaine Bateman says, Brandon Ellis is living in a beachside house in Bali. Jealous. Um, yeah. Craig Martell is making coin. And uh, Michael Anderley is building his own house in Carbo. So, you know, that's always to be admired. And then Jeff Adams, hey Jeff, uh, says, Joanna Penn, and looking at a specific gay romance genre, also added TJ Clune and Lucy Lennox. So thanks everyone for getting those comments in. Um, if you want to get involved, then jump over to the Facebook group or anywhere else that we're posting about and get your comments in. Awesome. Okay, so it is our question of the week. I hope you're ready for this. Um, so I can't seem to just ask one question. <laughs> Take, okay. <laughs> Um, it, it is, it is, it is, well, it's not very Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I know, I'm such a rebel. Oh. Right, what is your relationship with risk and how do you manage it? <laughs> I love that sigh every week. <laughs> it's your okay. like, fuck the question. So my relationship with risk I think a big part of it depends on what, oh, there are so many levels to this because you've got personal risk, uh, relational risk, financial risk, 
reputational risk. Um, I th but then you've also got, I think there are certain levels depending on whereabouts you are in the chain. So for example, when I first began writing, you risk anything because you've got, you've got nothing to lose. But the more you work your way through an author career, the more you get to a point where you have to be a bit more secure in the choices you're making. So if I'm writing horror, it's a risk to write romance. Um, so I'm less likely to take a big risk like that. Um, I think broadly speaking, I think I'm relatively okay with risks because I try and manage them as much as possible. Because if I am in a position where I know that I'm going to be taking a risk, so for example, I know that some of the stuff I'm working on at the minute is taken away from uh, immediate money I could be making, but I'm taking a risk of investing time into other products that aren't making me money now, but I'm hoping will recoup money in the long run and basically make up the money that I've lost. And I think that in the past I've been, I have been reckless with a lot of the stuff that I've done and I've not really thought about the long game. Um, and I might have thrown a lot of money at something without thinking what happens next. I might have stopped investing time or just my own learning in things um, because you're young and you decide to do something else. And there's a new shiny object. Whereas now I think that a lot of what I do, and I mean, a lot of what we all do in, if we, if we do talk about sort of uh, writing in this, in this context, a lot of what we all do is pretty much every decision we make is a risk because you're, you're putting your reputation on the line with a brand new book, hoping that it's good. Um, you're putting your finances on the line. If you're doing this full time or if there's a big chunk of your personal life that depends on your finance, then that's also a risk because you want to make sure that you're still providing for the people who are relying on you. If you're going down the route that I'm going, or if you're already on that route in which you're going to be publishing other people, you've obviously then got obligations towards those people. If you're hiring staff and, and that, that kind of risk factor gets bigger. But I think I, I like the idea of calculated risks. Um, I don't think I'd, I'll never say never, but I think I'd veer away a lot from if somebody basically just gave me this, this golden nugget and said, this could be everything, but I had no backing to say that was true. I'd, I'd be very, very cautious. I need to, I'm at the point where I need to see evidence. I need to see if there is a lack of evidence, at least like enthusiasm and a plan. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that, I'm that boring guy that I used to hate when I was at school because like, I, I hated the idea of having a business plan or anything like that. It all has to be exciting and you just roll down on this journey and what happens happens and whatever. And that's just not a reality that I live anymore. Um, and I'm, not, I'm not sure why that is. I think it's just mostly because I've seen what can happen when you do look after your decisions and make the right decisions in the right way. Um, so I think one, one rule, if we were to put some kind of practical advice, and I wouldn't pin specific numbers on this, but one thing that I would probably say, for example, is... I would, if, uh, I'm trying to think how best to, to say it, if I would basically put 30% of something on the table, if it was, uh, you know, a financial, a chance to lose a financial, a big chunk of money, um, I would probably put, for example, 30% on the table and gamble with what I'm comfortable gambling with, um, maybe play with those edges a little bit, but then I would wait and see how successful that thing was before I then looked at where I would go from there. And I think I'm just a lot more anchored by, by data and evidence now to, to know what it is I need to move forward with when I'm making any kind of risk. That's I'm curious as to where this question has come from and what, what your answer is. Um, I, it came from nowhere. There was no, um, no rhyme or reason behind it just because I, so, well, that's not, 
I've been writing a little bit about risk um, because I think you can't really be a career author um, and you can't really quit your job. You can't really be an indie author. You can't really, you can't really be in this industry for a long time without, you know, coming up against risk over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so I've been doing a lot of thinking about that and that, that's probably where it came from. Mm. Um, it sounds like you are getting more risk averse the older you get, because I'm sure that the, the, the Dan <laughs> who quit his job over a year ago must have been very comfortable with risk to have quit his job. Mm. Yeah. I, to be fair, I think I've been, I, I feel like I've been a lot more comfortable with risk in the past because I've not had anything that I've really wanted to anchor in and power through and make successful as much as this. Mm. So there was always something else that I could go to. Mm. Um, I've, I've had a lot of previous part-time jobs. I've worked in a bunch of different fields. I've, I've never, um, without the sound cocky, I've never, I've never struggled to find work. Um, so I've, I've always been in a position in which if I take a risk in leaving a job, doing something else, whatever, that I'd know that I'd find a way around that. I think things, Things changed a little bit when I had a kid, obviously, because you've got more to be responsible for. But I think more so because I'm in a position where I'm pretty much doing what I want to do, that this is what I want to plow ahead with. Yeah. So I find that really interesting because um, knowing that the, it was the word, something along the, the words that you said of knowing you would find an, like find another job, knowing. Um, and I think that is a very... and. I am going to be possibly sexist now, but I do think that's a very different mindset than a woman would have. So mm -hmm. like for me, I have, I have been employed since I was 13. I have never not worked with the exception of my final term at university where um, my family wanted to help me get a first class degree. And so I concentrated on getting a first class degree and quit working hmm. and then I got a first class degree it's funny Congrats. that yeah thanks <laughs> um but even though I have a like three I have a degree in two masters I have a fuckload of work related qualifications I am ridiculously employable I still wouldn't leave work with that mindset I'd be terrified I couldn't get another job but anyway <laughs> I just find that really interesting and I just wonder if that's a gender split because I know there's all those studies that say oh men will apply to a job that they've got 50% of the skills for but women will wobble over applying for a job they've got 70% of the skills for yeah, yeah but anyway um okay so how do I what is my relationship with risk and how do I manage it I have had an extremely volatile relationship with risk so I didn't really understand risk until I was quite old. And I remember very distinctly being in, um, so Prince2 is a project management qualification. I'm Prince2 qualified. And um, I remember being in a training session and I, I had been you know, relatively engaged with the course. <laughs> and we got to the risk section and I, completely disrupted the whole class because I could <laughs> not get my head around risk. And, um, and I just kept asking and kept asking. And basically the teacher had to stop to more or less one-to-one -one explain it through. And, and I just remember this girl being really horrible to me and humiliating me in front of everybody because I couldn't get my head around risk. And I think it's because 
I don't in it's really weird because I'm a bit of a um what's the word juxtaposition when it comes to risk for the most part I don't really acknowledge risk but not in a in a in a bad way so like with the writing I 100% knew that I could do this and I knew that if I left if I left my job I, I didn't I wasn't confident that I could get another job but I was confident I could make this work so for me, it didn't feel like much of a risk, but when I mm. took to leave my job, but when I talk to other people about quitting, it is like, oh, you quit yeah. your job. Like, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, of course I did. Like, I knew I could, you know, I was making this and I was, and here are all the numbers. So mm. for me, I think perhaps it's because I don't, I don't make, it's so weird because I feel like I don't make decisions unless I am 100% sure I'm going to be, okay with them and therefore the risk is managed and therefore there is no risk but it's all relative and it's very perspective driven so mm. what i chloe for example is much more risk averse than me like she manages risk in her job because she's a manager and she has a department and she has budgets but in she would never quit her job to, to work self-employed because she likes the consistency of income so yeah i find it i find it really weird and i i think deep down um i ha i i quite like the the pressure of risk like i'm a bit sick like that you know it's it is a <laughs> lot of pressure but i kind of like the pressure because mm. i feel like well i just have to make the money and that's it that's the end of it i have to make it happen and therefore it will happen so there is no risk i don't know this is why i'm saying it. it's this weird juxtaposition in which mm. i just don't acknowledge risk, but not in a naive, you know, I know damn well if I don't make the money, I'm not gonna pay my bills. I am acutely aware of that pressure, but I don't, it, it just doesn't, I don't know. I, it's so hard for me to explain, but mm. yeah, this is why I say I have a volatile relationship with it because some things that people see as very significant risks, I just don't. <laughs> Well, I think there's a big element you said there of basically you were you were very, very prepared mentally. You knew what it was you were going into. You'd been doing this aside your other job as well. Mm. And, you know, a lot of the world, particularly people that have never worked within self-employment and, and done stuff themselves before, so many people just don't get that. And it is a terrifying thing because the model that you're driven to believe in the most when you're going through school is the whole employed model because that's mm -hmm. basically what the school prepares you for. So to be into a thing like this, like I know that my mum is constantly just phoning me up, just being like, "You are, you are okay though. You're not, you're not lying to me. Like, you're, you're okay financially. You're doing this." I'm like, "Yes, yeah, yes, I'm fine, mum." But I think also, if uh, I may be so bold as to speak a little bit to your journey as well as mine, because I think there are some similarities in that there's an element of I know what going back or have, what staying in my old job would have meant to me, mm. and I was in a position where things happened. Not going to explicitly go into it, but I, I basically. <laughs> I basically just threw my toys out of the pram and was like, this is it. This is time. Like, I don't care whether this writing thing works or not. I'm going to leave this job. I'm going to try and make the writing thing work. I'm probably going to have to find something else in the meantime, but I just need to get out of here because I'm not happy doing what I'm doing. And I know that I will be happier without all of this extra baggage around it. And I know that you had. Even if you have to manage all the risk, like that's yeah. the thing. You will be happier even if you have to manage. Because it's you telling yourself off as opposed to, 
<laughs> hopefully no one on listening to this used to work with me, uh, but not people above you who are clearly underqualified for the position they were in trying to tell you and put pressure on you and you being like, are you fucking kidding? At least yeah. you're confident in your own knowledge and you are managing all of your own risks. And that's such a different feeling to yeah. having someone that you passionately disbelieve in. Yeah, I, I really like that management of knowing I am solely responsible for bringing in my half of the mortgage, my half of the gas and electric or, or whatever. I love that pressure, that risk, that or whatever. It, is it risk? I don't know. It, but anyway, it's all, I, it's, it's all risk. You could argue. You argue the entire thing is risk because it is. Yeah. But yeah, so I, yeah, I, I have a, a sort of a sick, twisted relationship with it. And I, <laughs> I kind of like it in a, yeah, in a weird way. Doesn't surprise so, me. Yeah, doesn't it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting question this week. Um, okay, Did you have a part okay. two? No, that was, so it was, what is your relationship with risk and how do you manage it? Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So it, well, it was, it was like a, a 1.5 question. Mm. Yeah. I'm getting close yeah, to I think one. just just to sum up um, my bit then, like I think in terms of managing it, there's there's an amount of preparedness, but obviously with certain situations you can only prepare so far. So I think it's it's when you reach the end of your preparedness that the risk then comes, and it's it's how you respond to that and how how you deal with that. And I think it's obviously very very individual, um, and it depends what the circumstances are. But I like to think that I'm I'm more focused on the risks that I will take as opposed to risks that will derail me from the current trajectory that I'm trying to push myself on. Yes, I love that so much because I am exactly the same. I don't really, um, I, I choose to focus on the risks that I'm taking for the positive mm -hmm. rather than the possible outcomes that could happen that are bad. I just don't, I don't even allow them in my mental space because... No. It's just wasted. What's the point? Exactly. But, and this is, oh, that's so, it's so interesting. This is what I used to hate about um, project management is that you would have to focus on mitigating, on, on mm -hmm. mitigating the hypothetical risks that could or could not happen. And you'd be like, and, oh my God, are you happy? Like, you're happy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is amazing. Oh, um, that is why I used to hate them. Oh my God, Dad. You're my welcome. Is, yeah, I'm like my brain is just shattering into a thousand <laughs> million pieces right now. Yeah, that is why I used to hate it because I like to focus on the positive risk, not the negative risk, because I'm not going to allow the negative risk to happen, one. And two, you know, we might as well focus on the positive things and, and make those happen. Yeah, ah, that's why I yeah. used to hate project management risk because you did have to focus on the negative and mitigating yeah. those. Whereas I, I just don't allow them in my headspace. That that has really um... part of um part of my old role. I was a marketing manager, and therefore I had to look after the social media side of things, and I had like a team to deal with that. And it was very very similar in that obviously people social media is you know explosive most of the time. It's difficult to get right, but there was such a fear from people of the negatives that basically rather than putting out something positive or something that would connect with an audience, it was just always no no let's let's think about this for three hours what we're gonna put. And then it would come out and it would still get slated anyway because you can't put anything on social media about someone having problems with it. So exactly. that you just get to the point where you're just like, just come on, just push forward and do some good. And mm. yeah, it doesn't, doesn't happen. Good question. Yeah, I love this question, question, even if I did ask it myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, how are we leveling, leveling up our business this week? Oh, I never prepare for this. Okay, 
Um, well, I've got a launch next week. That suddenly dawned on me. I so I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna launch that book and I'm going to start through the process of editing. Um, actually, I'm going to do that launch. And what I'm going to do is because I've got a couple of things that are basically built up on like the client side. I'm going to clear those because they're, they're blocking my mental space from my other stuff. And I need to clear, clear that palette. Yeah, I understand that fully. So I will be handing off two books to Jay. Yay! And even though I am shitting myself about handing these books off, I just, <laughs> it, 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 you know, that's why I've been like delaying editing the first one because I just, I just don't want to hand it over because I'm scared. The there's risk. a good book on it's it. It's a risk. <laughs> it's a risk. But there's a good book on collaboration that will help you if you need to smooth out anything. <laughs> oh, it's funny. I think I've read that one actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So I am going to hand over those two books and then I am going to make sure my quarter two, three. <gasps> shit. Is it quarter three? It's quarter three already. It is. So my quarter three goals are all. Yeah, I know. My quarter three goals are all set and organised, so I know what I'm doing, and and that's mostly straight in my head because I did that a bit before, but I just want to formalise it. Mm -hmm. That's two things, and. That's what you wish for. Mm, it's. Yeah, I'm just going to leave that there, I think. Only because I will do other stuff, but I don't know where my son's going to be. So I don't know how much other stuff I'm going to do. So yeah, the quarter goals and handing off the books. And when, you're, when your son goes to school and things are somewhat normalised again, you realise you're really going to have to like pick up, up these tasks. Game. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm excited <laughs> for that. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, audience question of the week. What is your relationship with risk and how do you manage it? Beautiful. Alrighty, and we will see you next week. See you later. Hungry for more? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts. For more of me, check out the Great Writer Share podcast. For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author Podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become next level authors. authors.